Boston Bruins, who are clearly the best team in the NHL. They beat the Rangers 3-1 to at Madison Square Garden, and I think for the Rangers, it's not as if they played terribly in this game. It wasn't good enough, and you really have to play at your best if you're going to want to beat the Boston Bruins, and, and the Rangers didn't play really a, a full 60 minutes. Effort was mostly there, but in spots it wasn't. It just, it wasn't good enough. And look, like, the Bruins are on a different level than the Rangers. They just are. Like, that That to me is apparent based on these two games. It's not as if they got the, the doors blown off them by any means. Not trying to make it seem like that. They were in there. I mean, the, the game was honestly fairly even, but Boston was going to win this game. However, it, whatever it took, Boston was going to win this game. And for the Bruins... You know, they improved their record uh, to a just ridiculous 36-5-4 clip. I mean, really unbelievable. I'm sure naturally they're not going to keep that pace, but it really is amazing. So credit to them, but for the Rangers, there's a lot of issues that I see. And their inability to score goals is, is definitely up there. But also the, the, the defensive play wasn't exactly great in this game either. This really could have been... The goaltending for by Jeremy Swayman was good. Shesterkin, you know, whatever. I, like, I wouldn't say good or bad. Shesterkin, you know, it was an okay night for Shesterkin. Not, not, not like a huge storyline for me. But the defensive play is not great. So that, that's part of it. But really, the inability to score, the power play has been absolutely fucking horrendous. And, you know, that that's a major difference from last year. Is that the, you know, power play was, what, at worst, top five. At worst, top five. And now, that is, again, I, I always, let, let, let's just see what it is, actually. It's got to be, and I'm not sure this includes tonight where the Rangers were 0 for 3, but I'm thinking the Rangers on the power play have to be at somewhere in the low teens, maybe in the 20s. Their power play ranks 16th, which, again, like so that's middle of the pack, which is basically what I've been saying. And, and that's, a, to me, a bit misleading, first off, and B, still unacceptable. With the personnel they have, that's bad. So the power play, and I've said this for a while, another major issue, and I'm going to zero in on two players. Now, like, obviously, like, Jacob Truba is someone who just consistently, I'm just not a fan of Truba, but, like, that, that is what it is. Artemi Panarin is a problem. Artemi Panarin is a problem. And I think I've, I've kind of alluded to that all along, but, like, especially in a game against Boston, like, he, the bullshit that he tries to pull is not going to work. And I I don't think this ends well. I, I really don't. Will And, and Artemi Panarin made the All-Star game tonight, which, on the one hand, doesn't deserve to be there. He should decline it. On the other hand, actually, he'd fit perfectly into the skills competition and the All-Star game format. That That is actually where he would thrive. So, on the one hand, he actually does totally belong there because that's his game. But in terms of merit and, like, actually deserving to be there, no, not at all. Adam Fox did get the nod, and I'm very happy about that. Adam Fox, very deserving of an all-star selection. So for the Rangers, Shesterkin, Fox, and Panarin. But obviously, things can change by then. Um, you know, we, we've had players, you know, decline in the past, but that's not a big deal. But Panarin, it's just the production, honestly, offensively, isn't good enough. The stats might tell you otherwise, but... It is a lot of turnovers, and there's no defense. There is no defense from Artari Panarin at all. And that leads me to Vinny Trocek. Vinny Trocek 
has been a disappointment, right? Vinny Trocek, more than halfway through the season, the Rangers are 25, 14, and 7. So that is 46 games through. And Trocek's been a disappointment. I blame it more on Panarin, but Trocek deserves a lot of blame. I thought that this was someone that was supposed to be good defensively. I have not seen that at all from the beginning. Honestly, since I want to say preseason, Trocek, I, I watch him and it's like, this has not been a player that's been sound or responsible defensively whatsoever. So I look at both of them. And what sucks is that Kratzov, who actually I, I thought looked all right, I really did. I mean, do I think that Kratzov overall, do I like Kratzov overall? No, not really. But I thought that in this game he had some chances. He was fine. But Gallant ends up swapping VZ on that line. And I do, look, Gallant deserves a lot of blame here. Believe me. Like, a lot of what I'm saying is on Gallant. And I, I do kind of believe him, though, when he says that it's not Kratzov's fault. He puts VZ there. But still, that's sending the wrong message. And the, the move to make, and it might not work, but I've said it all along, is you got to put Heal with Panarin and see how that goes. For many reasons. Heedle deserves more time than Trocek. And Trocek Panarin is not working. Like, and the problem is, is Strom Panarin, it did work. But even that wasn't good. We, we wanted that to be, by the time that was over, we wanted that gone. Their tendencies and the way they're playing, it wasn't good. And Panarin, he has a major effect on his linemates. So that's why for Trocek, I blame him on the one hand, but it's, but it's, it's not as easy as it would seem. And I guess for that, Strom, I guess, deserves some level of credit. All I know is this. The Artemi Panarin from his first year at the Rangers is long, long, long gone. Gone. Like, it was amazing that he was actually living up to the contract, which is almost impossible. He's getting paid, you know, what, 11.6 or so mil per year. That's one of the highest cap pits in the NHL, but he was actually living up to it. It was crazy. He was, you know, because you see a lot of these stars, quote unquote, struggle coming to New York. And we've seen that a ton, but he actually was great. And it's been a gradual decrease. It's been a gradual decrease from there. It really has been. And this is someone that I'm telling you, and we've seen it. He's not going to thrive in the playoffs. He's just not, he, he really won't. I mean, that's why he really needs to come to the power play. And that's not working out either. So this whole there's a lot of issue, maybe a lot strong. The, the Rangers' inability to score goals is concerning, and they're not a very fast team, the Rangers. They are one of the slower teams in the league. They are a slow unit. I mean, yes, there are a few individual fast players, but they're not, they're, they are a slow team. And Panarin is just very easy to defend. Again, I know I'm, there's other blame to go around, believe me, but that's a big one. That's a really big one. And... I don't like where it's headed. I really don't. And I don't know what it's going to get through to Panarin. I, I think that the capabilities are there to turn it around. I I I'd like to think so. Although, you know, it seems like he's not as quick as he had been. It does seem like he's a, a little bit slower, but I, I don't know if that's kind of by choice. It might be. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as call him lazy, but he's, he's a bit comfortable. He's too comfortable right now. And so, I think that eventually we're going to find the Panarin and Trocheck. That's just not going to work. And look, you can go back to it at some point if you want to, but I think we got to be done with that. I really do. And I hope that Gallant comes to his senses because it's a problem. The fact that he's continued to stick with that, that's on him. He's got to, he's got to switch that around. It's not working. So 
for the Rangers in this one. Chris Kreider returns. And for Kreider, not a great game, really. I, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll give him a break. It was his first game back. But for Kreider, uh, it didn't really look all that good as far as I was concerned. And, you know, before he went down, that Kreider's advantage at Kako line was really good. Tonight, they were not. They, they really were not good at all. And Sammy Blay was healthy scratch, which, look, I'm all right with it. And it just, it just goes to show. I mean, that play in a second-round pick for Buchnevich trade is horrible. You know, for a while, I was trying to tell myself, well, you know, the Rangers would have cap issues, and so they kind of had to do it. But I never loved it. I mean, we can go back to that episode when, when the trade happened. Never liked that trade. Never. And it's really aged even worse than one could have ever imagined. Buchnevich is just a really good all-around player, which we which we saw his last season with the Rangers. And that's it. And he's, he'd be great. He'd be the type of guy you'd want. And so, yeah, awful trade. So the likes of Jake LeCision are in. The likes of uh, Johnny Brodzinski are in the lineup. I hope to see Julian Goche back in there because I got to tell you, they could use his speed. They could use that ability to draw some penalties, even though the power play sucks, and have those random scoring chances where he has converted on more this year. So hopefully he can make his way back. And, of course, Blay was the one that injured him. Go figure. So first period, really bad job. 119 in, Pavel Zaka scores his eighth goal of the season from David Krejci. And this was a situation where they should have got the puck out. Kravtsov couldn't get it done. But, like, it wasn't just on him. And it was Miller Truba. But to me, it was it was Trocek was just out of position. This was a lazy beginning of the game. And Trocek had bad positioning. And Zaka was easily able to deflect it from the high slot past Shesterkin. So I, I think I mostly blame Trocek. But Panarin was just kind of standing there waiting for that. But again, that line is bad defensively. Really bad. And, and the offensive production honestly just isn't quite enough to make up for that poor defensive play. So it's one of the Bruins right off the hop. And, you know, obviously that's tough. When you fall behind a Boston team like that, you're going to have a tough time coming back. And, and Boston, I thought, played a really good first and they had a chance to, to take a bigger lead. Kreider holds Lim, Lindholm at 14.08. And then Adam Fox trips Tra Charlie McAvoy 19 seconds later. So a long five on three. Bunch of circuit makes a bunch of good saves. The Rangers kill it off, which gave them some initial momentum. Rangers had some opportunities. And, and the game kind of turned at that point a little bit. Boston really, to me, was the better team for three quarters of that period. And then the Rangers do get a power play. Craig Smith interferes with Heedle late in the first. And I'm going to continue to say this, power play successful and didn't even look good tonight. Like, I'm not even going to say it didn't look good. And so personnel needs to change. Strategy needs to change. And the second unit deserves, like, something has to change with the power play. They need to think about that during the break. So one thing Boston going in the second. And the Bruins score at 442. Bergeron, his 17th from Marshan and Craig Smith. Gives the Bruins a toothing lead. I thought Braden Schneider had a really rough shift before this. And Schneider, not a good game for Braden Schneider. He was off the ice, so the minus doesn't go against him. Unfortunately, he goes against Fox. But I thought he kind of fucked up there a bit and sort of caused that sequence. But I think there's more blame to go to go around. Shesterkin was snow showered by Craig Smith, so he might have been a bit affected. But Bergeron makes it 2 nothing. Rangers had chances. There was a Panarin breakaway, unsuccessful versus Jeremy Swayman, who was good. Swayman made 31 saves on 32 shots. And then at the end of towards the end of the second, Connor Clifton takes a delay game penalty at 1817. 
But the Rangers power play looks dreadful in that instance. And then to make matters worse, in the third, Clifton comes out of the box after some poor Ranger, uh, you know, Kreider and Zibanejad turn it over in the offensive blue line. It's a two-on-one, really nice pass from Marshan to Connor Clifton, who came out of the box and scores. It's Clifton's fourth from Marshan and Krejci at 28 seconds of the third. So if there was any thought, all right, maybe the Rangers can get it going immediately, that's stuffed right out. 3 nothing Bruins early in the third. And then Jacob Truba trips Hampus Lindholm at 48 seconds. Rangers do kill it off. The penalty kill did a nice job. Alexi Lafreniere hooks Patrice Bergeron at 419. That's killed off. Lafreniere, you know, all's, you know, all's considered, he actually was probably one of their better players tonight. Still, I mean, the penalty, there was some, you know, like overpassing. Like, he was not, like, really great. But he, you know, he actually does get on the score sheet. And so, you know, maybe that will get him going. Probably not, but we'll see. At 5'10", Patrice Bergeron interferes with Chris Kreider. Again, Parapo doesn't get it done. And then at... The Rangers do finally score. They break the shutout at 15-37. Ben Harper scores his first goal as a Ranger from Lafreniere, who made a nice play, and found Harper at the point, and Schneider. So the Rangers cut it to 3-1. The Rangers did get some opportunities right after that. If they had maybe scored their made it 3-2, could have been interesting, but... Rangers had a lot of puck possession on uh, with a six on four. Nothing happens though. Rangers lose this three to one. Their record at MSG continues to get worse. They're eleven nine and four at home, while they're fourteen five and three on the road. They're a lot better away from the Garden. And so now three more games before a extended break, and it's not going to be easy. Home against the Florida Panthers, who are desperate. That's a desperate hockey team, and a team that's that's starting to find their groove a little bit, too. I think that'll be a difficult game. Then you're at the Toronto Maple Leafs, who you know are one of the better teams in the league and really good at home. They're 17-3-4 in Toronto. And then to finish it off, you're home against the Vegas Golden Knights, who you know are a good team. And that's another one of those things. Vegas, 15-3-2 on the road, a really, really good road team. So... These three games, they're going to be tough, and I'm not really sure how they're going to go, but it'll be a good test the Rangers, and to try to finish off on a, on a high note, and they will not play for, I want to say, about 10 days. Yeah, about 10 days before February 6th, they'll face the Calgary Flames at home. So, you know, we'll see. Again, Florida, Toronto, Vegas. These will not be easy, and I'm curious to see how they do. Three more games, and, you know, hopefully the Rangers can turn it around, but Boston Bruins clearly in a different class than the New York Rangers. And that's disappointing because the Rangers have been a team that we've seen has played up to competition at times this year, but with Boston, no dice. It didn't happen. So, again, Rangers lose to the Bruins 3-1 at MSG. MSG.